Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody, or Happy New Year, everybody. Um, welcome to episode number 46, right? Yeah. Episode 46 of the Year Sports Show. I am your host, Big Baby, aka the soul of RB. And to my right, we have the Queen, Queen Tay. Yo, happy new year, everyone. To my bottom right, I have the voice of a generation, the professor Pete Rosado. We uh through with 2020. Can't wait to see what 2021 brings to us. And to my bottom left, we have B. We made it! K. We Matt. survived another year. Thank God we got out that year. I'm about sick of that year. I hate y'all, that year. Let me say something. Y'all jinxing because it could be 2020 plus. Right. It could be round two. I was feeling good. I was feeling good. <laughs> I'm just honest. Mm-hmm. I think this one might be. I think this one might be. Uh, Happy New Year's right. one as well. That's my little sister, Seven. Thank yes, you, for, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in, sis. I love yeah. you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Seven. Eight, nine, ten. <laughs> um. So, how was you guys? Um, how did y'all guys spend your New Year's? Tay, how how did you spend your New Year? With family. New Year's mm. With family, we had a really nice time at home. It was really low key. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoyed myself. Enjoyed myself. Glad I'm glad you did. The voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. How did you spend your new year? Not too bad, not too bad. I split I split the holiday with family. So uh Christmas down in North Carolina with my dad and family down there, and then uh, New Year's Eve with my mother and uh and my grandmother up here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um so really cool. And then uh came back around like uh I think about one in the morning. I was back home and uh had a drink and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And BK Matt. Um, New Year's was, was, was solid. I, I, the ball dropped. I was holding both my babies. Um, I was on the phone with my sister, my, my, my dad. It was pretty calm. You know, it was cool. So, I mean, more life. That is, yeah, that is dope. Um, I spent New Year's um, Eve with Amanda. And on New Year's Day, um, Amanda came with me to my mother's house Um we saw my best friend, my mother, my sister. Uh, I had all the important women in my life in one spot on New Year's Day. So it was definitely, it was definitely, it was definitely a dope experience. But um, guys, um, we made it. Episode forty-six. Yeah. Whole year. Our anniversary just passed too, right? Yes. Happy one-year anniversary to Z. Your sports show again. Thank you for everybody who um, listened, participated in the comment section. Anybody who joined us, um, even on after the years, um, anything your sports related, we thank you for joining in. So, um, Pete, do you have quick hits for us today? I uh, just a few, just a few. I do have some. Okay, uh, let's jump right into it. All right. So, let's start. In the NFL, as we got word that Alvin Kamara will be out for the Week 17 matchup that the Saints will play tomorrow, uh, as he will be out due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Speaking of COVID-19 protocols, a team 
fighting for its first playoff appearance in 17 years. The Cleveland Browns have had to close their facility again today. The fourth, the third time in four days. Many people may have heard last week the Cleveland Browns lost almost their entire wide receiving core due to COVID-19 protocol complications. They will be without their wide receivers coach. This week, um, as well as some other players, and they had to close their facility again today uh, on Saturday after already having closed their facility on Wednesday and Thursday and canceling a Thursday practice. They'll be playing the Steelers tomorrow uh, with an opportunity to try and clinch their first playoff spot in 17 years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will also be missing two high-profile defensive players due to COVID-19 protocol for their game on Sunday, also a game that can define playoff position. Speaking of playoffs in football, the... College football championship is finally set. In the in the Rose Bowl, the first game that was played, Alabama beat Notre Dame 31 to 14 and Alabama once again the number 1 ranked team into the college football final. And then last night, the Heisman hopeful the soon-to-be possible number 1 pick, the quarterback of a generation, Trevor Lawrence. Lost. Uh, as, as Ohio State got beaten, and I mean beaten. Uh, I mean, sorry, Clemson got beaten by Ohio State 49-28 to as Justin Fields uh, threw six touchdowns in that game. Uh, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, unlike the MLB, unlike um, other sports, uh, the Heisman is also determined on playoff performance. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence may have lost himself the Heisman because of his performance in the Sugar Bowl. In Major League Baseball, the Padres made waves in December as they got as they received not only one, but two all-star pitchers in trades as they acquired Chicago Cubs' Hugh Darvish and Tampa Bay's Blake Snell in two separate trades for prospects. Um, They now have one of the best rotations in baseball as Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell slot in behind Daniel Sid-Lamette and Mike Clevenger. Uh, San Diego also with a young core of offensive talent. Looking to really take on L.A. Uh, at the Dodgers in the NL West this year. And many are now pegging. I think Vegas changed their odds. They're now the third best odds, I believe, to uh, make the World Series this year after these two trades. So really big deal there for the you know real, You know what's actually crazy about that? Um, the Dodgers are real inconsistent, which is crazy how they won the, the World Series this year. Yes. But um, – if the Padres, the but they huh? The, they were definitely the favorites, though. Right, they were, but in the, in the National League, in the, in the National League for the sure. American League, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, was, that was the plan. Everybody wanted to see the Dodgers versus the Yankees. Yeah, but I think if the Padres can can be consistent and a little bit more consistent than than the Dodgers, they can hold on to that NL West. I gotta say though, run. I gotta say, if the Padres were to make the playoffs. Uh, and possibly if the Padres would make the World Series. I mean, the last time we seen the Padres in the World Series was against the Yankees back in, I believe, 1998 when the Yankees spanked them in the playoffs. Um, my only my only wish was that Tony Gwynn was still alive to see his team 
back back in contention and being a really really good strong team because uh, Tony Gwynn and Trevor Hoffman really carried those uh, late '90s uh, San Diego teams. Um, also in baseball. The women's revolution in sports continued as the end of the year as the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, as much as I hate saying good stories about the Red Sox, they hired the first ever black female Major League Baseball coach in Bianca Smith. She will be a minor league coach working primarily with infielders in their, at their Fort Myers spring training facility in Florida. She had previously interned with the Texas Rangers, has been around Major League Baseball since 2017, played uh, softball in college and has also worked in collegiate sports for a number of years and now is the first ever black MLB female coach uh, in in the sport uh, working for the Boston Red Sox. And one last story involving females in sports, women in sports really taking over. Um, Many people may have missed this. But on December 30th, in the Spurs game against L.A., Greg Popovich was ejected from the game. And at that moment, NBA history was made as assistant (laughs) coach Becky Hammond became the first ever woman to act as a head coach in a regular season NBA game. For those of you who don't know about Becky Hammond, she spent 16 seasons in the WNBA, primarily with the New York Liberty, and then later with the San Antonio Silver Stars. She was a six-time All-Star, and she was the first woman hired full-time to a coaching staff when Greg Popovich hired her in 2014. Greg Popovich, after the game, saying that Becky's not the only woman who can do this. Many women are held back in sports. And he, uh, one of the most memorable quotes that Pop had uh, post-game was, Becky probably knew more about the Lakers than I did, as it is her job to scout the opponents for upcoming games. So Becky Hammond becoming the first woman to act as a head coach in a regular season NBA game right at the end of 2020. And many people have said that Becky Hammond may just be the coach in waiting when Greg Popovich retires. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA landscape accepts the first ever female head coach. I mean, all of us watched college basketball when – Pat Summit was leading the Tennessee women. And I don't think there's anyone who watched Pat Summit who legitimately could not sit there and say she could probably have led an NBA team. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see when, I'm not saying if, but when Becky Hammond is leading an NBA team and how this starts to change the coaching landscape in the NBA moving forward. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the final quick hits of 2020 in the first episode of 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. That was great. Shouts to the Spurs always doing something revolutionary over there. I love I, I love the Spurs as much as Matt doesn't like the Spurs style of play. He can also respect what they do over there. Shout out to Tim Duncan, well. Duncan who orchestrated all of that. You know, you know, you know what's funny. You know what's funny is you know, uh, I always there's always like crazy stuff that happens in Texas, uh, especially considering uh, racism and human rights and all this other stuff. Like with Texas, yeah, you could always lean on that idea of like, well, at least we got the Spurs, <laughs> right? We got the right. Spurs, we got the Spurs, and we got uh, and we got Mark Cuban in the Dallas Mavericks. That's all you got right now is the Mavericks. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Y'all even got the Mavericks. I got Luca. 
That's all you be you be disrespecting Keldon Johnson over there. We would be. Shout but, out to Luca. But ain't that right, Tay? Shout out to Luca. He went number one. He went number one in our fantasy draft. Uh, he went quick. He was no, number, yeah, number one. Gonna, so you know what's funny? You know what's funny, Matt. Matt, remember the year before when Luca went to like the second round? Yeah. I picked up Braun first, and then I got Luca right after, and I was leading the league most of the year. But this year, remember Pete was talking crazy earlier in the week about about oh yeah, I get to beat Dre again for the rest of the week. Now I'm up now right now. now I'm up almost a hundred points. No, not a hundred points. Quiet. Not a hundred points. <laughs> I checked. I checked it this morning. I checked it's it eighty morning. something points. I almost a hundred. No, 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 you're not. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, anyway, only, anyway. First of all, I am a math teacher. You are only up 52 <laughs> points, sir. 52 <laughs> points. Okay, half of what you said. And um, today is going to be the real mark for that, for our matchup, uh, Dress, yes. because I have almost my entire roster playing today while you have about maybe four players going today. So today's really going to give the point margin because on Sunday you have a larger contingent playing. But if I can create a big enough lead today, as I've been doing all week, you will mm-hmm. get spanked. Say no more, fam. But the lead that I am getting spanked in is our pick five. <laughs> I am in last place. Um, Pete, tell us um, the standings, even though I'm in last place, and I, pro- I think I went two and three last week. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Tay is squarely uh, in the lead by one game. She has a one-game <laughs> lead at 36 and 23. Uh, myself and Matt are tied for second place at 35 and 24. And Dre is four games out of first, three God. games out of second. <laughs> Dre, is, Dre is 32 and 27 so far. Well, and gentlemen, this, will, this will not end with week 17. As Tay herself uh, uh, suggested, we will take this all the way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, if this was ending in week 17, Tay right now, unless somebody made a comeback in week 17, would probably win this. But the playoffs are going to be a whole different beast. It's going to be fun to see how this might shift in the playoffs. I think that's when she's going to lose her lead. That's when she's going to lose it. I feel like that's when it's going to happen. Okay, okay. First of all, you ain't there for You ain't there for If you guys really want to get technical, the beginning of last year, almost 90% of the playoff games that happened I predicted correctly. See, so to be honest with you, you should be scared. Tight. You should be scared that I'm in the lead going into the playoffs. See, and that's why you knew 2020 was a bad year. Anyway, 2021, <laughs> we go ahead. 2021 take- plus. Pete, we coming for that. We coming for that spot. We coming for that spot. You know, the more you talk crap, the more <laughs> it's you notice how I'm not saying anything. Listen, no, every uh, mic, my mic was muted. Nah. I'm just like, all right, man. Nah, cool. Listen, nah. I'm just sitting here. I was tied. I was tied. Listen, I was tied with Tay for a while. That Packers game really changed everything. I was tied um, the whole beginning of the whole. Through the whole in the beginning, I was okay. Tired. Week one and nah. week two don't count. Okay. Exactly. I've been leading almost this entire time. Stop! Stop! 
Just stop. I've been in the lead almost the entire time. Let me tell you something. When Javius T time takes over, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. You that episode. I wanted to use stuff with a suit and a tie. Because we're gonna we're gonna have a ride of a time. Okay, okay, brother. I already have my episode picked out. And then let me tell you something. Every time Matt pisses me off, I'm gonna kick him off the stream yard. Every single time. So guys. You wouldn't even have to worry about me and Matt arguing because I'm not gonna go for that that day. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like what's gonna happen. What I feel like is gonna happen is Tay just gonna say Kyrie Irving a bum and then just immediately throw Matt off the stream. Y'all. Yeah. Did you guys like the like my cadence in which I said that Kyrie Irving was a bum? No, I yes, that 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 to me, I, honestly, that was if, amazing. If we Stop. that that should have been that if we were if we were in a in a in twenty four seven in a studio with a producer, I would have immediately got on the headset with the producer and like turn that into a drop. That is a drop for us to use for all, uh, you know, for all time. No, that would have been the day I walked off. Listen, anybody <laughs> for, for, you, for you guys, you listen. promise. <laughs> you don't even agree with the fact that you think Kyrie Irving is a bum. He is not a He's bum. A bum. No, he is not. He's a bum. We are not starting this year He's on a bum. He is not a bum. So a for bum. just just because I'm clearly not gonna win. So for any of you three that are um potentially gonna win, please let me know exactly what you want the music to we be, what you want the, the layout to be, and I would do the best. Of my, you know, and I'm, putting my, dedicated to I'm, putting my, I'm putting my fur on. I'm putting my crown on. I'm gonna have my champagne. It's gonna be a fun. I'm gonna be the highest view show We're gonna be talking about a lot of things, and we're gonna play a instead of twenty-one. We're gonna play Have You Ever. Watch. Never have I ever play a special round of that one, and then I'm wow. gonna come straight from that. Like, never have I ever contradicted myself on three or more sports opinions. <laughs> Yo, <in an> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's and get it. Octavia, when she was giving her opinion and was right, and then for Pete, never have I ever spoken more than five or six minutes. Wow. I couldn't get a so point. This is where we're going right now. Listen here, Dorothy. We ain't gonna do yeah. this. <laughs> we are not gonna do this. Don't do Regardless. I have no. one book here. This is where my receipts are. These are all your receipts from last year. I got you. Oh man. Dre, so, Dre. Okay, so here's my idea, right? Uh, all I'm, uh -huh. I want two real simple things. Uh, I want I want uh start music for I want start and end music by MF Doom. Right, get him off my screen because he's not winning this. <laughs> and I want, and I want filters. I want filters on Matt and Queen as Fred Sanford and the woman that Fred Sanford used to always argue with is Sanford and Son because that's who these two are over here. It's beautiful. Oh, oh man! All now right. Uh, yeah. No, he's not. You gonna get me to stop cursing? On let's. Let's. Okay. Yes, you definitely. Gonna stop cursing on the show. I caught it. I caught it. It's not cursing. You definitely. All right. All right. Let's let's get into it. Let, let's get into the games this week. Dolphins and Bills. Who do we have? Um, a lot of playoff. Um, 
a lot of a lot of playoff possibilities here. Fitzpatrick is matchup. out for COVID, so mm-hmm. Tua will be uh, Tua will likely be starting in this game. Uh, and okay. last week, Fitzpatrick had to come in to save the Dolphins and save their playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Bills. Me too. Who you got, Pete? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills as well. I feel like. Buffalo's in a position where even though I think they're going to rest a couple of players, they're not in a position to be one of those teams that can lose the week before the playoffs Mm -hmm. and then still have momentum going in. So I feel like they're one of those teams that need that constant momentum. I'm going to take Buffalo as well. Um, I feel like with this, this to me was the hardest game to pick. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like both teams have such strong promise going into it. And I think that Tua is a better choice to start this game than Fitzpatrick. Even though, like, I, I like Fitzpatrick, don't get me wrong. But I feel like even with all that said, I feel like the the Bills are going to take this one. I think yeah. it's going to be close, though. I don't think it's going to be a, a sweep either way. I just think the Bills are setting into their playoff run. They, they, they really got it in their head that they're going to try to make a deep run in the playoffs. So Miami, even though they're not bad, um, two are still in the learning stages of – you know that situation. Though he's not, he hasn't been doing bad in in Miami. Fitzpatrick is the savior, and him being out through COVID, it kind of it kind of runs on deaf ears because he's probably into his ear on on certain decisions, trying to get him prepared for taking over that offense. So um, I'm going with I'm going with Buffalo. I'm definitely going with Buffalo. Yeah. The biggest question is: Is Tua ready for the biggest moment of his career so far? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, Tua, Tua, Tua's been in a lot. Remember, Tua came in as a as a backup to lead to lead his team to a national championship. Um, I'm not I'm not going to discount Tua's ability, but Tua has had some growing pains uh, yeah. this year. Uh, and last week was a very evident thing. And when you're a playoff team, you know, uh, or trying to be a playoff team, and and Tua struggling, they had the luxury of being able to say, "Okay, Fitzpatrick, go out there." and Fitzpatrick able to deliver. You're not going to be able to do that this week. So if Tua's having a tough game this week, he's just going to have to have a tough game. Um, And the Bills' defense is really good. I think you may see the Bills' offense not play the whole game. Um, And so, But the Bills' defense is good enough, I think, to really give the Dolphins a little bit of trouble. Don't get me wrong. If I'm a coach, I'm the Bills' coach right now, I want to rest my guys. But I don't think we're a type of team yet that has built that cachet. You're not the Steelers who can rest your guys in Week 17 or, yeah. or, or the Packers or anybody or the Saints who can rest in Week 17 and know you can restart that engine without any problem in Week 1 of the playoffs. Agreed, agreed. Steelers, Browns, uh, <laughs> I guess Mortal Kombat returns. Is, is, um, is Mason Rudolph... Love you more, cousin. I love you with all my heart. Happy New Year. That's my cousin Tisha, my oldest cousin. Shout out to Tisha. Shout out. Um. You said Mason. You said Mason Rudolph. All right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are, are so, you saying is Mason Rudolph starting? No, is I heard Ben Roethlisberger is struggling. Is he okay? 
Uh, well, it was funny because, you know, pre- prior to last week, it was like he was having trouble throwing a ball over 10 yards. And then last week, he just goes and throws three touchdown bombs as the Steelers as the Steelers win that game and clinch the playoffs. Um, and here's what's interesting. Um, so, as y'all know, I went down to North Carolina for Christmas. Um, one of the things that I, I love doing is I have a, a dedicated chiropractor in North Carolina. I will literally travel eight hours just to see this chiropractor. And he is a Steelers fan. He's from Pittsburgh. And me and him were, uh, me and him were joking around where I was just like, man, your Steelers messed me up because I, I, I picked against them. And he's like, you know, one thing I've learned in years as a Steelers fan is when you think you're gonna, they're going to lose, don't pick against the Steelers. And when you think they're going to win, don't pick the Steelers. Um, you know, so it's, it's very interesting. And I think, yes, uh, Madoff, Mason Rudolph is starting. There was actually a big story about how um, – uh, I forget, uh, uh, Miles Garrett uh, has never contacted Mason Rudolph, but Mason Rudolph is open to that conversation happening. Obviously, everyone knows what happened last year uh, between Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. Really? That conversation going to happen on the field. It's going to happen on the field. There's nothing to converse about. We need to cut that. Like, I don't even know why that's still even talked about in the media. It's kind of ridiculous right now. It's just, it's, it makes no sense. It happened last season. They played already. Let it go. They weren't. They weren't on the same field. That's the thing. They, they weren't on played. the field at the same time. Right. It happened know. last season. Uh, wasn't starting. Point blank. Right. If, you ain't, if we ain't call, if you ain't contact me to talk about it, regardless of what happens on the what happens on the field happens on the field. There's nothing to talk about on the field. On the field, you public enemy number one. I ain't, I ain't heard about the beef that we had last year. There's nothing to talk about. Like that's that's. I don't even know why it's still a like. Why is that still a story? What Miles Garrett do don't affect Mason Rudolph like that, that. Yeah, but you do remember that he was accused of saying a racial slur. I'm well aware of that. He's yeah, still playing. So it's, not, it's not that. Let me tell you something. It's not that easy to forget that. I, I'm well, I'm right right behind you with that. But at the end of the day, Mason Rudolph did not lose his job. He's still playing. Miles Garrett is playing. That should be something that's in the background. Whatever Mason, happens between Miles them got suspended. Miles got suspended and Mason Rudolph didn't. You're right, and again, it's, I'm, right, I'm, I'm right behind you with that. But as far as NFL and what happens on the field, leave like that has nothing to do with what's on the field. What them two need to talk that, that's a given, they need to talk, but they're not. He hasn't reached out to him, it is what it is. What happens on the field happens on the field. I, I you're not think gonna call me no, you're not gonna call me no racial epithet and then get away 100%, with it. 100%. Not next time I see you, there's no talking. But I can't hit right. you like how Which I want to hit you on the field. I can't hit you like I want to hit you on the field. That's something I'm going to see you outside the stadium for. No, you can hit them how you want in the field. All you're going to get is a penalty. I'm not, and again, as I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not condoning you. You know, getting a dirty hit just for the the love of it. But you, it, it's ways around it. But who do you guys have? I have, I have this. Um, I really want to pick the Browns in this game, but. No, I'm going to pick the Browns in this game. COVID-19 is tough. The Browns are missing a lot of players due to COVID. Uh, Joe Hayden of the Steelers just tested positive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have Ben not playing. It's a tough – this is a tough game. I know T- Tavia said that that Miami-Buffalo game was a tough game to pick. This yeah, one is, is really a tough game to pick. Because Cleveland is playing like how they like, – like how everybody expected them to play. Not necessarily because everybody was mm-hmm. kind of trashing Baker Mayfield, but – They've been stepping up a little bit, so it's kind of hard to go against them. But if the Browns lose to the Jets, look, 
See? What? You know what? Mm. You got it. Oh, but no, it's not it's not a slight, it's not one of those Jets jokes. It's, it's not real life. It's real life. The I'm Jets just, are the I'm the Jets saying. are the second worst team in the league right now. I'm just <laughs> No, we're the worst team in the league. No, yeah, second worst record wise. No, yeah, the, record wise, yeah. But Jack, the Jaguars are worse than you guys. Stop. You, realistically, realistically, stop. the Jaguar. Realistically, let's Please be stop. for real. The Jaguars yeah, the are Jaguars actually are worse than y'all. Please, no, give you Jets fans some credit. There mm-hmm. were times in those losses that bonehead moves on the Jets side cost in those games. It you wasn't know? every, not every single game was a blowout against these teams in the center third. The Jets were looking pretty okay during some of these games and then did not have the leadership. You know, I'm tired of, of Sam Darnold. I think he needs to go. We all are. I think he needs to go. Yeah. I he mean, had, he had me lit last year when he said he thought he was seeing ghosts. When he got hit, I was like, "Yo, I'm done with him." I was done with him since. You know, and the and the thing about it is with with Sam Darnold, um, you know, obviously the the kid's been through, the kid's been through so many different regime changes. Obviously, I think got destroyed this year by Adam Gase, who I don't think should ever, 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 ever be a coach in the NFL ever again. Um, but. You know, there, there are glimpses of what Sam could do when he's given. Remember, this is a guy who put up career numbers in college, and his number one wide receiver was Juju Smith-Schuster. So, I mean, he's never had that in the NFL. He's never had uh, those kinds of, of weapons. Um, but I'm also very excited because, you know, and I've been saying this all year, I'm fine with us not getting Trevor Lawrence. Because Justin Fields looks really good. So I, I wanted to say something to Shaq. Shaq put up a post on my song. It's bad that us Jets fans are, are looking to tank because we're trying to get Trevor Lawrence. Look, we got we've been having really bad seasons. Really, really bad seasons. So if we want to hold on to hope to something, it's no different from you Knicks fans hoping that y'all was gonna get LeBron James. Stop. Please stop. No, but Knicks, no, 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 no. Knicks didn't tank their season. We didn't take our season. No, I'm just saying as far as hope-wise. Hope we and to be honest with you, the Knicks were closer to getting LeBron than they thought. They botched the meeting. You get what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I feel okay. like what upsets me about the Jets, what, no, I don't think the Jets tried not to be competitive. I feel like Jets fans – didn't want them to be competitive, thinking that they were going to get this star quarterback in the draft, not realizing that they need way more than just that. They need more than just Trevor Lawrence if they were to even have gotten him. Look at Joe Burrow. Look at Joe Burrow. That dude was the godfather coming into this season, you know, when he was drafted by the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. And just like that, the Bengals faded into obscurity once this poor kid tore his ACL. I feel like the Jets' problems are more systemic than they are anecdoted by a quarterback. You get what I'm saying? You need receivers. You need the Jets' defense is it's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's better than people give them credit for. I will say that. But it means nothing if you have nothing on the offensive side of the field. So they get Trevor Lawrence, right? 
they're still in a rebuilding phase because who's going to still want to come and play for the Jets? They couldn't even keep Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I think the, a lot of and what Tavia said is very true. A lot of what plagues the Jets is a lot of what we used to talk about about what plagues the Knicks. Right, it's it, it's more than just the players on the court. It's systemic, um, and a lot of this has to do with. And this is why people have been saying that the, the Johnsons should sell the team. The Johnsons should just get a good general manager, let them do what they need to do. Um, and that, and, that, and that's tough. selling the team. I don't think it's even selling the team at this point. I think that the the Jets are just not being competitive, and I think that it's not even the players. I don't think. I think that it comes from not having the right pieces at the right time. You get what I'm saying? I don't feel like Sam Darnold is the answer. I don't feel like even Trevor Lawrence would be the answer. You get what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, the Jets have kind of faded into obscurity over the past few years, and I feel like if they're not willing, I do agree with a new GM. I do agree with making some good strategic moves in the offseason. They can't, these, these, these leagues can't, these teams can't keep depending on the draft to bail them out of a bad season. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They can't. But I think that's all they practically have. It's not like they have trading pieces or anything like that to make something work. So it's like you hold on to the draft because you like you want fresh you want a fresh breath of air and we felt like Trevor Lawrence was that. So I mean us holding on to hope that we were gonna like bring it the season is kind of washed. But us holding on to hope that maybe we can get see some some sort of light at the end of the tunnel because we don't necessarily believe in Sam Darnold. Like, why, why, why trash us for, for holding on to hope? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's like all I'm saying. And I gotta say, I had I had my I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Sam Darnold's extremely talented. Um, I, but I had my reservations. Yeah, with Sam. I had my reservations yeah. with Sam Darnold because I still had not gotten over the trauma of the last University of Southern California quarterback we drafted, a.k.a. Mr. Butt Fumble himself, right? Um, and so it, it, was, it was really tough. The minute you see another USC quarterback, you're like, uh, I don't know. This hasn't really gone well for us drafting USC quarterbacks. Um, and USC quarterbacks have always been known to be super-duper flashy but not really great at the next level. Um, so it's, it's, it was tough for me. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, like Tavia said, systemic things have really screwed, uh, Darnold up and, and the Jets have a lot of problems, um, you know, and, and they need to get them fixed. I think they can, but it's going to take time. All right. So fan therapy session is done. Let's right. Um, <laughs> right. Go back to <laughs> thank, Steelers. Thank, thank, thank you. Um, Dr. Dr. Tay. For, for for hosting this session for the Jets fans. That that actually might sh- that actually should be a segment. <laughs> that actually should be a segment. <laughs> but um, um, who you got? St- Steelers, Browns. This is this is really tough. Um, you know, I the Steelers have not been great even with Ben at quarterback. Um, and now you got Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Um. I, but the Browns are so darn inconsistent. It's really tough. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Browns just because I feel like they're gonna have more weapons available to them. Um, and 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 I don't know if, I don't know if James Conner is gonna be able to turn it on. He's had a really rough year. I'm gonna take the Browns. 
Yeah. Um, I'm still going to stick with my Browns pick only because uh, the Steelers have been, even though the Steelers went 11 0. And then even in that 11 and 0 time, they were still they still weren't the most consistent team when they were undefeated. So I'm gonna go with the Browns in this. The Browns have a lot more have a lot to prove. The Steelers have more to prove, but they're not even starting men. So, uh, Matt, come back to me with that. Got you. I don't want to bet against the Steelers, but it's just like speak up. I said I don't want to bet against the Steelers, but I'm I'm not. So I'm like I'm going to go with the Steelers. So who do you got? Okay. So Pete, who you took? I took the Browns. Matt, you took the Steelers. Yeah. And Dre, you took the Browns. Yes. All right. Oh boy. So, so we'll we'll come back. Yeah. Well. So the next game. The next game is. The Cowboys versus the Giants. I know I put the, the, the Giants, the Cowboys twice, but you know what, what that other game is. So the Cowboys and the Giants. Um, a lot of playoff opportunities here, I believe, for both teams. We're really doing this. We're really doing this. Listen, there was no other. Every listen, every other. The level of this. I'm here for about 15 minutes talking about them Jets. Right, and now, and I didn't say anything and I didn't say anything disrespectful about your team. We get to the NFC. I'm not talking about your team. We're talking about the Cowboys. Why are we talking about the Cowboys? Why are we talking about the Cowboys? Why are we talking about the Cowboys? Because this, believe it or not, like it or not, this game has implications for four teams when it comes to the players, right? So these, the next two games that we're going to be discussing, kind of changes the landscape of. What team the NFC is going to bring to the playoffs to get slaughtered in the in the, in the uh, wild card round? Mm-hmm. Keep on, keep on. Right, we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out what team. We're trying to figure out what team Brady is going to have uh, practice field day with. Right here. So, Let me so tell you something. We all know this from past pres- precedent that Brady against the Giants. Giants. Are Brady's kryptonite without Eli Manning? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, even without it's as if Brady forgets how to be an elite quarterback when it's time for him to play against the Giants. But anyway, who y'all got? Not only just Eli Uh, Manning. Go ahead. I I think the Giants play spoiler to the Cowboys playoffs, and I'm I'm gonna take the Giants just being. uh, I think this is more of a homer pick, even though I think. The, cow, the cowboy. It's it's a biased pick. I'll take it. I, I don't mind if I'm wrong. I'm in last place. I can't win. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Giants just because it's the Giants. Um, but I still think I think the Cowboys should win this game. But the Giants are real sneaky good, honestly. And don't don't sleep on the Giants. Um, Tay, who you got? We know who she got. <laughs> we know who she got. She can afford to lose a game. <laughs> I can afford to lose any game. <laughs> she really can't, y'all. She's only down. She's only up one <laughs> to both of y'all. Yep, both of y'all jackals in the back. 
Her sleeper could be that that Browns game. That's what I'm saying. She could afford something. Cause we all know. Come on. Look. The Cowboys looked really good against the Eagles last weekend. I'm not going to front. They looked really good the second half of that game. So, whoever Pete They looked look really good in their last three games. They've scored over 30 points their last three games. I'm going with the Cowboys. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm following along with that. I think uh, I think Andy Dalton is really finding his groove. Um, you know, uh, I think Andy Dalton's really you know. Again, I, I said this when he came in. There is no, there is no nothing that can overtake experience. And granted, Andy Dalton had a lot of bad experience in in Cincinnati, but the dude is a veteran and can and can ball. There was never any doubt that Andy Dalton could ball. Um, they still have Ezekiel Elliott, which is still a problem. Um, to this day. Right. You know, it's still, <laughs> still, still a problem. Um, you know, coming out with his little short short T-shirts. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. And then, you know, again, if the Cowboys win and Washington loses, the Cowboys win the division. You know, everybody needs that. Well, whoever wins this game needs a Washington loss. Bro, they still gonna lose. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Like, I'm going. With, I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm just. I'm just proud. Of, I'm proud of the Queen right now. New Year, new me. I'm proud no, of this. No, I, let me tell you something. No, 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 no. Let's get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. I have not gone with the with every game that we put with the Giants in it. I have not gone with them, and it worked one week and it didn't work the other week. Now, sentimentally, sentimentally. I want the Giants to beat the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the Giants to beat the Cowboys. I want my team. But strategically, I have to be smart. And I know that the Giants struggle with the Cowboys in the the season. Their season, the the head-to-head matchups have normally skewed Cowboys over the past couple of years. So I have to kind of, even though my heart is like, yo, go Giants, go Giants. I have to, you know, I'm I'm a smart betting woman. The smart bet is the Cowboys. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, think- this is a win-win for me because if <laughs> I win, I win the I win my game. If I if I lose, my Giants win. So this this doesn't have any real implications for me either way. And, and since we're talking about the NF- NFC East, by the way, uh, reports coming out of Philadelphia is that the uh, Eagles will retain head coach Doug Peterson next year. Rightfully so. Right. It's not, not a bad coach. It's not but his fault, Carson Wentz. He, he recently won a Super Bowl in the past five years. That's what I said. It's not his fault, Carson yeah. Wentz. Like yeah, so Carson Wentz, I think it's time for them to move on, and I think that Doug Peterson is a good coach. I think that it's time. But um, who do you guys have in that game? Um. Did everybody pick from, from the last game, Cowboys? Yeah, everybody Cowboys. Uh, okay. you, uh, you're the only one who picked the Giants, Dre. Okay, cool. Um. That's a good question. Bro, you are not getting the first pick in this in the next year draft. I don't know why you're trying to tank, but go ahead. I'm not tanking. I have I'm not gonna win. I'm not gonna win. We so I'm not not gonna win. this is just (laughs) 
this is honestly just for clip purposes. So if I pick the Giants and and all oh, y'all lose, I'm just here to clip it and laugh at y'all. Honestly, number one fan. <laughs> number one fan. <laughs> it's, it's, see, it's funny. This is why we talk about the Jets so bad. See, uh, like this is exactly why we talk about, about the, Jets. the Giants right now. Don't do this. We're not doing this, Drake. You know, anyway. all right, you know that this, this this pick five is taking too long. Yeah, right. let's hurry this up. Come on, let's make our picks and move on. Mm-hmm. So, who y'all got in the next game? Um, the football team or the Eagles? Football I'm team. going with the Eagles. Um, it's interesting with the football team because I don't know who's starting. I know Alex Smith has been practicing. Uh, I don't know if he's been cleared to start that game. Um, if he is, I'm definitely taking the football team um, in that game. I think they are a better um, a better team right now than the Eagles, though. What Jalen Hurts has been doing uh, for the Eagles has been really, really good. And it's going to be interesting to see the – the reality show that will be Philly um, next season. Um, yeah, right now, uh, Alex Smith is still questionable. Uh, scary, uh, scary Terry McLaurin is still questionable for the game. Um, this is going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Washington. I think if their players start, they're, they're a better team than than the Eagles. So who you took? Who you took, Matt? I chose Washington. I you know took, I'm gonna go Washington too. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if it's Philadelphia in this game. Dre, you took Washington as well, right? No, I took Philly. Oh, no, I'm telling you, Dre. My sentimental, my sentimental heart is going with your picks, man. I want Philly to win. Right. I do. I want Philly to win too. I don't want damn the football team to to win. Like, come on. <laughs> Like in the and in the NFC East, like I said, there's always the Giants for me, and then the Eagles are just like right there for me. I, the other two teams I can care less for. The only time I like the Giant, the um, the Cowboys, when my brother was on that team. So, Yo, what team is he on now? Um, he's currently a free agent right now. Okay, so. We know we know Dwayne Haskins ain't starting. Right. Da-doom-tsh. Bears Packers. I'm going with the Bears just because it's the Bears. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> Here we go again. Who you going with, Matt? We know who he ain't going with. I'm going who are you with going with? I'm going with the Packers. <laughs> My man is about to win MVP. That's how I see it. I'm going with the Packers. Let's go. Man, Pete. Let's you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Here you go. Thank you, Matt. Let's hear when it. When we were talking, I think Pete had posted a article in our group chat about. That was me. That was me. No, that was me. That was sure. Pete. That was Pete. And what I said was, <laughs> I feel as if this is a media narrative. That was me. It don't matter who it was. Somebody posted an article talking about how Aaron Rodgers is a strong favorite to win the MVP. While he has been playing really well, I feel really like well. I feel like the deeper story here is the fact that last year's biggest story was the replacement of Aaron Rodgers and how he felt, right? I feel as if this one is to kind of go back into that narrative because now there's no way that the Packers are going to try to get rid of Aaron Rodgers after he's been playing like this. 
So mm-hmm. I don't feel as if this is something I feel like I don't feel like Rodgers is the MVP this year. I feel like it's still Mahomes. Yeah. I still think it's Mahomes too. But and I still think it's and I still think and I'm and I'm one thing about me is like I, I, I keep the same energy and I still think that Russell Wilson is playing better than Aaron Rodgers. So I got the Packers on this anyway. I'm sure everybody has the Packers. My you know, own, except me. We know Pete's not choosing Chicago. You such a hater. You gotta let that hate go and actually. No, the, the Packers. Pick. The Packers are uh, the Packers are a smarter pick. I'm picking the Bears just again, clip purposes for me. I'm already I'm already losing. I just wanna. I just want to see Pete's face if, if the Bears win. That's all. No, no, the Bears will not win. The Bears <laughs> will not win. They are who we thought they were. They will Stop. they will fall out. They will be an eight and eight team. Uh, Green Bay will go to 13 and 3. No, listen. Okay. It's not Chicago. I just can't stand Mitch Trubisky. I can't. You, gotta be, you really got to stop. No, I'm taking the Packers. Copy. You got to go back, though. Tavia still has not picked the Steelers-Brown game. Yes. Who you pick, Pete? I got the Browns. Matt has the Steelers and Dre I'm has the Browns. I'm the only one that chose the Steelers. I'm the only one that chose the Steelers. She going to choose the Browns. Oh, and by the way, Matt, let me just say, the Packers are still fighting for the number one overall I know. Uh, spot. So that's why I'm picking the Packers. Not because of any Bears hate, but because I think the Packers have more to play for. Stop. Just and stop. that's why, no, but actually, you that's why I picked, yourself, that's actually why I picked the game. Stop. That's Just honestly stop. why I picked, that's stop. honestly why I picked the game because everything yeah, else true. doesn't have too much playoff implications. Yeah, it's, it's all about that number Bears. one, number one seed. Yeah. I drag it, yeah. but Pete's trying to fit his narrative. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, I don't think this game, but. I, I, I know, I know what this game. Go ahead. Keep going. McQueen, who do you got? Every time I bet against the Steelers, <laughs> I lose. <laughs> but go to the dark side, sis. Come on. Come on. Come on. Mason Rudolph and the Steelers ain't worth me losing to Pete this week. So I have to go with the Browns. All right. So question. If we went if I went on all these games, right? I'm above Tay, right? No. Um, you would be tied tied if Tay goes four and one. If Tay yeah. goes four and one, you would be tied. If Tay goes five and zero, oh, you'd be still be a game behind. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, so you, you would need to win every game this week, which is not likely because it hasn't happened yet. Except I think it's happened. I think it's happened one time this year when Tay and Pete did it. But we uh, we we didn't. Me and you didn't do it. I think oh, the most we went. The most me and you went at four and one, and that's when everybody went four and one. Don't, so. don't, don't let the past get the story. Though. <laughs> but let's get into the main topic of our episode. Um, twenty twenty in sports. Wow, that was um, amazing. Is, is, we, is Matt is Matt doing a Ty Dillinger impression? I yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Ten, ten, ten. Because that's that's thirty, but. Okay, 2020, so 2020, guys, um, 
we compiled compiled a list of our top ten moments of the year, and um, we're gonna kick it off. Ted, can you kick it off the NFL with with our top ten moment of the year? Well, not coming in at number ten for the year sports show twenty twenty year in review is the end of an era in the NFL where the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick split ways after playing playing nearly what twenty seasons. As a patriot, um, we felt that this was a big story because it was kind of a changing of a guard in the NFL when you never thought you'd see Tom Brady in anything other other than a Patriots uniform. And then what kind of showed us that the writing was on the wall was when the Titans upset the Patriots in the playoffs last year and then people were really wondering what Brady was going to do, what Brady was going to do um, after that. And then now, you know, we've had several conversations about who kind of won the Brady versus Belichick, you know, quote-unquote rivalry now that they're not together anymore. And um, I still feel like it was a big story. We agree. I agree. I think um, it really truly is the end of an era in, in, in NFL because if you look at it, almost 20 years of them being together – Six, um, six Super Bowl championships, right? I'm not six. Um, eight Super Bowl appearances. Am I missing one? Uh, no, it was more than that. Because it was more it than that. Nine. That'd nine be Super Bowl. They lost. It was nine. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to and the Giants twice. And the Giants twice. So yeah, nine, so. nine Super Bowl appearances. Nine um, Super Bowls. So one six. Uh, they appeared in nine straight AFC Championship games between 2011 and 2019. The only undefeated 16-game regular season, 19 consecutive winning seasons, um, and uh, a winning percentage of almost 79% against division opponents. Amazing, uh, amazing when you look at that and 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 everything that. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have done together, and then if you look at this year and see everything that Tom Tom Brady and Bill Belichick done apart, but um, we also have to talk about how the era ended and start with the Chiefs, like the Chiefs. But I, I want to bring up. I mean, not the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the Titans, and that goes back to yeah. our first, very first episode. Um, remember the Titans when the Titans beat <laughs> the Patriots. I that called was the it. end. I called it. I definitely called it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on this. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady high. And I felt like that Titans defense was going to get in them. And, and it, was the, it, was, it was the first time that New England had to play in a wild card game since 2009 because they mm-hmm. lost that week 17 game against Miami. And I ain't going to hold you. Shout out to shout out to Larry. You know, we wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for you. You know, you play a good part in this, in this journey sports show. But me and Larry had a conversation probably like around, I think like the pilot episode, right? Mm-hmm. Something about playoff contention. And he was like, yo, everybody's sleeping on the Titans. But that defense is something crazy. And him saying that, and, and I'm just watching, I'm like, yo, that defense is something serious. And how they got the Bill Belichick to Tom Brady, they muffled him. I just want to let y'all know I love Tay so much. Just, just want to let y'all know. <laughs> Um, you, you know what's, what's interesting, though, Dre, you talk about how it ended, mm-hmm. right, the Brady-Belichick era. And, and, I, and I think back to when it started, that this really kind of started as a fluke. 
Yeah. Right? If if Mo Lewis doesn't injure Drew Bledsoe in two thousand and one, Brady's not starting for the Patriots. Because many people don't remember people remember the hit, people remember why Brady started. People don't remember Drew Bledsoe had just signed a 10-year, $100 million contract with the Patriots. But they regret that. You know, he was expected to be their long-term quarterback from at least 2000 to 2010, a 10-year contract unless he was traded. Brady was, again, drafted in, in, you know, in the sixth round. So when you really look at it like this – had Mo Lewis not made that hit, had Drew Bledsoe not getting hurt, would we have seen Brady even as a Patriot ever as a starting quarterback? He may have started somewhere else. Would, would we have ever seen him? You know, would a lot of these things have happened and how that one hit in the NFL literally changed the landscape of the NFL for 20 years? Agreed, agreed. Um, staying, on the, staying on it, Pete, what is our number nine moment of the year? So our number nine sports moment of the year was Joe Burrow calling for his ring. The man led LSU to their first national championship since 2009. Uh, Remember, they had a national championship prior to that, um, but that was erased due to rules violations. So apparently they don't win it anymore. Um, But Joe Burrow leading them, leading LSU to a – win in the college football playoff championship game against Clemson. Um, and once again, Trevor Lawrence losing in that big game. And then Joe Burrow going on to be the number one overall draft pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. We were all around for the um, the LSU madness and everything. Um, it was amazing to see that um, how much – different states embraced especially new york has embraced the lsu tigers we walked in the legends bar and it was a sea of people it was was packed packed. i couldn't even get wings it was packed but it kind of made me think like you know maybe i should look into lsu or maybe become because i never had a football team that i like i just like placed my my fandom into Mm you know so i was i mean i got friends that are lsu tiger Fans. You know, I got um my homeboy CJ. Shout out to him. He's been telling me he's been on that LSU way for a minute, like even when I was living in Georgia. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm looking into it. I might, I might, I might become an LSU Tiger fan. Cool, cool. Um, Matt, while we're on 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 you and on football, um, uh, getting to our, our numbers eight moment. Oh, no oh, problem. Number eight. Due to COVID-19, the Vanderbilt football team had a limited option on place kickers, and they decided to put their hopes in making history by adding Sarah Fuller, who is also a college soccer goalkeeper and a, and a football place kicker now that the Vanderbilt Commodores had that, that issue. So she kicked an extra point and become the first woman ever to score in a Power 5 football game. There were questions on whether she was going to score or not because in the first game that she played, she kicked off to start the second half. 
but Vanderbilt didn't have any scoring opportunities in that game, so she didn't score. There were questions on whether she'd play this, the next game of the season, uh, and she ended up staying with the team. And then, as Matt said, actually kicked an extra point and became the first, you know, first woman ever. That, that's that's a big deal. I love this this woman revolution that's been going on for like the past decade. It's just it keeps adding on. It's it's crazy. It, it's getting amazing. It's not getting amazing because women have always been a staple, uh, like uh, a strong staple in sports. They just haven't been getting their flowers like they were yeah. supposed to. And now that right. 2020 has really shown people, and, and it's really shown people that you need to take women in sports a lot more serious. But we're definitely going to get back to women in sports later and on in and the show. And let's give our flowers to Icebox, who really showed us that women. <laughs> Can play some good football. For sure. For sure. Um, back to you, Pete. Number um, seven. So number seven, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning of the National Hockey League won the Stanley Cup one year. One year after being bounced out in the first round as Stanley Cup favorite. So back in 2019, Tampa Bay Lightning were considered to be the uh, the prohibitive Stanley Cup favorites, uh, and they lose in the first round to the Columbus Blue Jackets, kind of throwing shockwaves through the NHL playoffs in 2019. In 2020, they come back to the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup going through Boston, going through Columbus. Um, And what's interesting is that in the first round of the playoffs, they had to play Columbus. (laughs) So they played the team that knocked them out the year before. And here's how you knew this was going to be a crazy series. First game. First game of the NHL playoffs. The number two Tampa Bay Lightning versus the number seven seed Columbus Blue Jackets went to five overtimes. They were tied 2-2 for six for seven and a half periods. So for those of you who don't necessarily watch hockey, a hockey game is three periods. And then if you're still tied, you go into playoffs, you go into your multiple overtimes, obviously in the regular season, they have shootouts. Um, And so they played three regular periods and then they went five overtimes to break a two, two tie in the first game of their series. Um, the game went so long, it actually made the NHL have to reschedule other games for the playoffs. Um, it was the longest game for both franchises. It was the fourth longest game in league history. But Tampa Bay wins the game 3-2 and then goes on to win the Stanley Cup in 2020. Amazing, amazing. Um, you, never, you would never think, right? professional team, right? <laughs> a professional game would go five overtimes. No more than two or three overtimes. We got five overtimes out of uh, a professional hockey game. One that we didn't even think we were even going to see because of COVID. Just in general, just having that much extra time in in, in a game and making it and how it kind of turned everything upside down for the schedule just like you know things that were happening in football with covid and turning and flipping the schedule upside down so that that's definitely a top moment of the year so 
we get to number six, and we're starting the um, the party in L.A. Right with the Dodgers winning the World Series. Um, the city of Los Angeles had a lot of um, a lot of heartbreak this season, uh, starting off at the beginning of the year with the loss of uh, what happened, Tay? Uh, starting off with with again the, the the with Kobe Bryant passing away. One alert, one alert. We could talk about the Dodgers winning without talking about Kobe dying, but go <laughs> off, bro. So with the COVID season, uh, with with the MLB season kind of uh, being shortened to at least seventy games, uh, sixty games. I do apologize. Um, the Dodgers had a thirty and ten start, which is their best start in in history, in in their first forty games. Um, the last start that they had like that was when they were in Brooklyn, so in nineteen seventy seven. So this this um this win for the uh, for the Dodgers was their sixth um, since moving to um, Los Angeles and their seventh overall, if I'm not mistaken. Pete, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Nope, you're, you're right. And they went 43 and 17, had the best record in the in the whole season, by the way. Yes. So, um, and they had a hell of a playoffs. And honestly, um, I didn't think they were going to get there. The way they were playing in in the divisional rounds, I honestly didn't think they were going to get there. But uh, yeah. they got there, and bruh, they made the best of a bad situation. And even with. The funniest part of the, 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 the game, the last game where the player, um, his name slips my mind right now. Oh, Justin Turner. <laughs> Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. And oh, midway through the game. Midway through the game and then came back out on the field. And then after the game, for the, for the celebration, then after the game, everybody had to get COVID tests <laughs> at the end. You know what? If, it's, if you like, win a championship and then get COVID tested, yeah, and it, it was the uh, the Dodgers' first championship since 1988, the iconic World Series where Kirk Gibson uh, hits the home run. Uh, and let's let's not forget, you know, Tampa Bay really put up a great fight in that World Series. Yes, they did. Um, like that was hit and miss. We were talking, we were doing some studio shows at the time and we were talking about the, the rookie, uh, Randy Az- Azarena, who was like raking the ball in the world series. Um, and I think everybody wanted to see the Dodgers and the Yankees. Um, he ended up getting the Dodgers and, you know, I know actually a lot of people in Brooklyn were celebrating cause you still got a lot of old school Brooklyn Dodgers fans who still are alive and live in Brooklyn. Uh, and still kind of had that love for the Dodgers. And so that, that was a very cathartic win for, for LA. Agreed. So Clayton Kershaw Tay, finally got his ring. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally. Tay, kick off number five uh, uh, while we're in our top five now. All right. Starting off with our top five is the Kansas City Chiefs wins the two, 2020 Super Bowl, beating the – San Francisco 49ers, 31 to 20, if I'm not mistaken. Uh What's so huge about this um, sports story is the fact that it was, it was kind of the beginning of the Mahomes era. Um, The Chiefs had a phenomenal record last year of playing from behind and winning. Um, I believe that 
what we loved most about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was that Tavia predicted it about three or four weeks before it actually happened. And those boys, uh, I mean, Kelsey and, and Mahomes, they, they kind of showed up and showed out the second half of that Super Bowl. And it was huge for the city of Kansas City. That's in Missouri, not Kansas. And um, it's true. You have to tell people. You do have to tell people that. Honestly, no. You do have to tell people that. You do have to tell people that. But um, I really enjoyed that. Um, the the Chiefs rise to the top last year, and I just hope to see what they'll do this time around. And let's not forget Andy Reid, finally the bride, no longer the bridesmaid after so many years of only reaching the NFC Championship game in that one Super Bowl in Philadelphia that Donovan McNabb and T.O. still can't decide who, who did what. You want to – no, Matt, you were talking you – know, no, Matt, Matt brought up during pick five, like my hate on the Bears, I got to let it go. McNabb and T.O. got to let it go. <laughs> like – I give you that. Why are these two still going at it? They both were tired. Okay. Me and Wilkins both was just we was just arguing about that the other day. Like how they still going at it about a Super Bowl that you didn't even win. Let me tell you something about T.O. T.O. is super petty too. Once T.O. beefs with you, he beefs with you forever. Forever. You want to talk about beef forever though? You want to talk about nobody beefs harder than Sabu. If anybody, that's a old. that's a whole nother that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. I wish I would have had the paper. I wish I would have had the paper, the wow. um, the note, and put this up because wow. no. I, think that's petty. I think that's just him. That was mad petty. The man, the man gave like I. I understood everything on that page, except except for the fact that you're still holding a grudge over a man who's been dead for 11 years. I know, right? I ain't gonna hold you. I I, I, I play spades and um I, I smoked a little something with with, with Sabu, and he's a cool dude, but he don't release a lot. So for him to like even write a book is weird. So it's like What's the fact, that he, huh? What's his sign? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. He's a Sagittarius. Sign is, his sign is petty. Yeah. His sign is petty. It's about right. What he? Well, that, that was crazy. That was Sabu. Sabu's one. To's two. <laughs> right. All right. Um, Number four. Number four. Since we talk about wrestling, since you know. Tay feels like she could pick Russell West, Russell Wilson against freaking Aaron Rodgers for the MVP. You know what? What does that have to do with number four, bro? <laughs> you going one on one with the Undertaker? That's what you I said. Let me tell you one on one with the Undertaker player. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's got to be. He's got to be the man that inducts Taker into the Hall of Fame with he that line. To, he has to be. Yes, or, he, or he has to be around it. He has to be around. Yeah, Something has to. If it ain't the, how, if many it ain't, had to, how many people had to go one on one with the Undertaker? With uh, all SmackDown for like everybody on SmackDown for three and a half years had to go one on one. He said it. He was like, "You're gonna go one on one 
with the Undertaker player. You got to do this. Holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. Right. But, yeah, number four is the Undertaker <laughs> retiring. That is the big mm. news of 2020. Um, Return or retiring? Retiring, retiring. Return, returning. He let us into his docuseries on the WWE Network, The Last Ride, where he's pretty much letting you know that he's retiring this year. They did a big special on him for the Survivor Series. Thankfully, all so. the old legends that came back and, and, and voiced their opinion on how how legendary this character is of... um. I know, you know, we're smart, Mark, so we got to say Mark Holloway, but... Not we. Yeah, me, you. And, me, me and Pete. <laughs> but, yeah, um, the retiring of the legendary The Undertaker is definitely top four because he's been he's been instrumental in my 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 wrestling fandom. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but he's be- he's definitely been instrumental in my, my wrestling fandom. I've seen him for the first time, like, and and I was scared. So him retiring is a big deal for me as a wrestling fan. Um I never I would never forget, you know, Austin being on the symbol, mankind getting thrown off the cell, uh Stephanie being <laughs> about to be married to Stephanie. I love the Ministry of Darkness. That's hands down my favorite Undertaker. So yes, number four is the Undertaker retiring. Yeah, it's um, very interesting because most people only remember, you know, obviously his WWE career starting in 1990 at Survivor Series. The big the big thing was he was scared that he was going to be the gobbledygooker. A lot of people forget the gobbledygooker and the Undertaker <laughs> saving Survivor Series, right? Um, but his career started in 19 – he started training under Buzz Sawyer in 1986. Yeah. And his, his first match – his first match, and, and, and for anybody who knows anything about wrestling, and all four of us are, g- are going to know this, right? But for anybody who knows anything about wrestling, his first match in 1987 was in world-class championship wrestling, the legendary promotion uh, run by the Von Erichs in Texas, yeah. against Bruiser Brody. His first match was against Bruiser Brody, and he talks about it actually um, – in his interview, uh, his first interview with Steve Austin on the on the Stone Cold podcast, um, but for your first match ever to be against Bruiser Brody, and then for you to go on and have the career you have, like come on, like people just remember Undertaker, but the man he wrestled under a mask as Texas Red, um, he wrestled as uh, Mean Mark Callis. Obviously, in WCW, people don't remember that he was in WCW. And then finally comes over to the WWF, now the WWE, and has this long, illustrious career. It's incredible. Um, you know, and, and I think the only man who will ever have an undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Um, and one tidbit about that really quickly, Dre. He even said no one really paid attention to it until uh, when he defeated Ric Flair to go 10-0. Uh, and he says it was like the first time that even he mentioned it uh, when he kind of holds up those ten fingers um, at the end of that match. And then from there, it became the phenomenon that we knew as the streak. Yeah. I remember mm. him as a skyscraper because I was a fan of Sid. Oh, yeah, but him and Dan Spivey, they were, it's funny because you, you don't realize how big he is yeah. until you see him flying around the old, the small WCW rings. And you realize how big that boy is. 
I didn't realize how big he was until I met Psycho Sid for the first time. I was like, <laughs> they are tall people. Oh, you are big. <laughs> like I'm like, <laughs> um, Pete, jump into our uh, jump into our third topic. Um, so I'm a, I'm sorry, our third moment. Number three uh, for 2020 was the the way in with the women's revolution happened in 2020 in sports. Obviously, in quick hits earlier, we spoke about the Boston Red Sox hiring Bianca Smith as the first ever female black coach in Major League Baseball. But earlier this year, we saw the Miami Marlins hire Kim Eng as the first ever, first ever female general manager across any of the big name sports um, that we've ever had um, hired by someone she worked with previously as a player in New York Yankees owner, Derek Jeter. But then earlier in the year, in the midst of the country's chaos with black lives matter um, and everything that was going on in the world, the WNBA, the women of the WNBA really sent messages uh, between the Atlanta Dream uh, protesting their owner, who was running for the United States Senate, uh, Kelly Leffler, to the women of the WNBA showing up in white shirts with seven bullet holes painted on the back um, to moments of silence before every game, entire teams taking, in t- uh, taking knees before every game during the national anthem. The WNBA really took the lead in the way in which sports protested what was going on in the world at large with the, killing, uh, the killings and murders of innocent men and women of color across this nation, which has been going on for ages, but it, it took a stark turn to the number one news story of 2020. And women in sports in 2020 has really risen to a whole new level. And obviously we just talked about Becky Hammond uh, being the first woman to uh, coach a game in the NBA. Uh, Sarah Fuller earlier as our number eight moment of a number eight moment of the year. Uh, 2020 was a boom moment for women and how they move within the sports world. And uh, maybe just the beginning of something happening larger across sports. If you really think about it, it's like what I said earlier. Um, these women, all women in, across all sports, deserve their flowers. Um, this year, the women took the lead in the social justice movement. They showed everybody else how to do everything, to do what, they, what was done. Like, um, again, you talk about the WNBA with the white shirts with the seven bullets on the back. Um, And let's not forget the WNBA has been leading the social justice movement for years now, for years and years. It is just now that people are are seeing it because of everything that was going on. Like, um, with with uh, it, it's so many, it, it's so much stuff. Like like it, all in my mind with with everything that's happened with Black Lives Matter this year, with um, all social justice movements, with even with our, our presidency that 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 that's just now been confirmed. With um, women have been at the front line, telling us to vote, telling us what's going on in our country, 
it just takes everybody to now have to listen and 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 pay attention to see all the great things they're doing in this country. So we have we have a great woman on our show. We have Tay on here who does <laughs> great stuff outside of of the show. And again, she doesn't get enough. I feel she doesn't get enough credit or love. Not not from us because you know we we love us and Tay, yeah. It, but in okay. general, in yeah. general for the things she does. So again, shout out to to Tay, and yeah. all the women that are doing great things. That especially that especially Dobbins is not just Tay; it's Amanda. It's, yes. Uh, well, we talk about me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me give Tay her flowers, and I'm gonna give to everybody else too. Let me give Tay her flowers, and I'm gonna give everybody else there too. From her like, biggest, her biggest rival on this show, Tay is amazing. <laughs> what she does for this show. Is like we can't even. It's so much that she does that we can't even speak. That's my sister. We argue like brother and sister. You know what I'm saying? So what she does, I I'm always in debt to her. That is my sister. I love her to death. Don't let the arguments even get in in, in the midst of all that to even make you think that we don't. That is my sister. I love her to death. Pete, Pete, yes, your turn. Give Tay her flowers. No, 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 no. Alexa, please play the rap ship now. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's it's been it's been interesting. Obviously, me coming in um, you know, for the last 14 episodes of the year. Um, incredible in the way that, um, you know, I remember when uh, came in for the first studio show and um, it was the day that um, y'all kind of told me like, hey, you're coming on full time. You're coming on regular with us. Um, and the first person to say something was Tay, right? Tay was the first one to get up and was just like, hey, did, uh, did, you, did you tell him? You know, and I was like, tell me what? And Tay, it was on the show too, right? And like, Tay had oh, right. Right, right after we finished recording, and Tay just had this huge smile on her face. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, nah, you you with us full time now? Like you you on it on, on all the shows is what it is." And and Tay's really great because Tay Tay. I mean, I mean, I joke about Tay because I say Tay's a vampire, right? Because Tay has just achieved so much, right? <laughs> so much, and the girl looks like she's still twenty two years old, right? Oh, God. <laughs> right, she you know. <laughs> That the, the, she walking around the only the only woman I know that has a longer and better resume than Tay is Billy Kay. Uh, but you know, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> somebody right? Can we? Can, 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 right. You know, oh, but um, you know, oh, you know when we talk about. You know, it's funny because I was watching a I was watching a wrestling uh, interview, um, and somebody talked about where they had been as kind of a lily pad for them to, to move on to what was eventually going to be. And I feel like when we look back in the history of it, um, the Your Sports Show will be that lily pad for, uh, for Tavia. But unlike other lily pads and other people, the way they treat lily pads, Tavia is going to be that one that's still going to be pushing it even after she's moved on uh, to uh, bigger and better things. Um, and oh, I think definitely. that's what's great about Tay. Tay has, Tay has obviously had many conversations with me um, about things that I'm trying to do in life, and mm -hmm. it constantly motivates me and inspires me to continue to do that, um, especially in a year where I was just ready to give it mm -hmm. up. Um, so, you know, Tay, Tay deserves a lot of flowers. She can be 
She can be very scary when you don't know her. Very, very, very kind of harsh if you don't know where she's from. But but when you but when you get to know get to know Tavia, you realize it's all coming from a place of love. Unless, of course, that upper lip starts to curl. She's like Kyrie Irving, a ball. You are ruining everything. Anyway, Stop. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> oh my goodness! I cannot wait to just cut this portion of the episode. <laughs> you guys have made my first Saturday of the year so bright. <laughs> you guys have no idea how much I needed that right now. I appreciate you guys so much. All love to all the women on the Jabberteers Network. You know, Janelle, mm-hmm. Amanda, Chantise. You know, Brett, Brett, uh, Brett everyone. You know, I, I show no I, I have nothing but love for all of us and I want nothing but progress and equality. I want nothing but the best for all of the people who hate myself with and who I don't associate myself with. I feel as if this podcast for us um during a time where we all needed it the most. And I appreciate I you know, I started a pod I, we podcast to talk about sports and I was able to get four brothers out of the deal, you know, including Wilkins. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for the love. And how you feel about me, I feel about you guys tenfold. And you know, I got you. For sure. Ride or die. Ride or die. For sure. Um, You already know. (laughs) um, I wanted to bring in this last topic, but I kind of spoiled it earlier, like no, 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 no. We're on number two. We on no, we're not on number one. We didn't do number two yet. What was number two? Uh, number two. So, yeah, number two. two. How is the queen? House. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, yeah I'm doing number one. I'm doing number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tay will do number one. Matt, do you want to kick off number two? All right. Well, you're next, Dre. Well, yeah, Matt, did, yeah. Matt no, did I'm, I have, I have something. Three. I have something at the end. Okay. But, so, P, you want to tag team this? Let's do it. All right. So, number two, we're going to talk about we got the news of COVID-19 somewhat towards, I want to say, the ending of 2019, but it didn't hit really much to us as a sports show until, I want to say, probably March. And um, every all sports pivoted. Major League Baseball pivoted. NFL was done at, around that time, but the NBA got halted, and um, life became totally different. Um, we saw we we got introduced to this thing called the NBA bubble. We got introduced to Major League Baseball canceling, well not canceling, but shortening their season from 100, I think, to 62 to like 90 something. It was like 96, if I'm not mistaken, right? For the what? MLB? Major, yeah, major no, major. a 60 game season. 162 was, down to 60 games. Well, yeah, down to six. So we, we got shortened from 100 games to from 400 games. And life became totally different. And um, that was that's pretty much the storyline of 2020 with how COVID 19 has affected the sports world and regular life in general. And we got introduced to a lot of things. The bubble I just mentioned, where NBA became into a bubble. They 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 stopped their season, I believe, March 11th. Yep. Did and not they, come back until July 30th. And um, that's our number two. The bubble. Yeah. I mean, 
pivoted into a bubble. February 29th. February 29th was the first reported case of COVID-19 in New York State. Um, and between then, uh, you know, I, I obviously I work in a school. And so in two weeks' time, right, by March 15th, schools were shut down. By the, by the third week in March, we were learning remotely. Sports got shut down, especially uh, the NBA kept going for a little while. Until yeah, until the Rudy Gobert case, um, in you know that happened out in Oklahoma City with the Utah Jazz Oklahoma City game being the first canceled NBA game I've seen in a long time. Right, fans were in the building. Um, baseball hadn't started yet. Right, baseball was just about to go into spring training when everything kind of happened, and then that got pushed all the way back. Um, obviously, they had they had heard about COVID nineteen from the international cases. Um, NASCAR was the first the first sport back doing virtual races starting in May. The NHL went into. We are not going to do this because it's their sports show, and we said from the pilot episode. We are going to give wrestling its credit like it's a sport because that's what it is. It is a sport. The first, the first in bubble, no fans was wrestling. This is true. This is true. Uh, WrestleMania was in the performance center. We yeah. had to. We got introduced to things that we like to call the award-winning Thunderdome. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, rest, wrestling, wrestling chains. Obviously, we saw so many shows. Um, we saw WWE go into their performance center, um, the creation of the Capitol Wrestling Center, creation of the Thunderdome, AEW for the first, you know, couple, I think first month. We're literally jumping from state to state to record content to make sure that they had content, uh, live content or new content for TNT for like the first month until they settled in Daly's Palace in Jacksonville. Uh, independent wrestling just was a hot mess for the first couple of months yeah. of COVID. Oh, oh, you know, many people thought independent wrestling was not going to happen at all in 2020. And obviously, thankfully, we've been able to get shows that have been able to happen. Um, great content. I really want to give a great shout out to the companies that have been running, uh, companies like ICW, GCW, um, and, and a lot of companies that I don't know off off the top of my head that have been running shows uh, during the pandemic have been socially responsible. BCW had their fourth anniversary show. Shows kind of finished up. And then near the end of the year, right, we had shows kind of and promotions kind of coming back. Post-pandemic, short number of fans. You know, um, up in New York, up in Upper New York, you had a, a company called Invictus Pro Wrestling coming in. And I want to give a lot of shout-outs to Sam Laterna and, and Chris Levine, uh, Chris Levin, uh, who started Camp Leapfrog on IWTV, which has been an incredible thing going on there. Synergy's been running. So, um, you know, a lot of the promotions down south have been running and coming back. Yeah, Jay had to do double duty in Florida. With, um, with the uh, GCW down in Florida. Yeah, and, and so, you know, you got a lot of these companies that, you know, found ways to keep the ball rolling during the pandemic. But, you know, the question that's been on everyone's mind is when is sports going to come back to normal? Will we, you know, will we see another WrestleMania with 60, 70,000 fans in an arena? Are Sorry, we 100,000. 100,000. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. They made, they made records in Dallas. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, you know, people said those numbers were inflated. I was in the building for 2016 WrestleMania, and it did not feel so. There were people all over the place. But um, 
see, I do think we'll get to that point one day. I think that once we get over the stigmas with the um, with the vaccinations, and then once yeah. we also figure out what's this new hybrid strain of COVID kind of hitting the West Coast, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think maybe 2021 is a bust, but I think maybe for 2022. And I got to be honest, I've never been to a WrestleMania for a variety of reasons, financial, a whole bunch of things, right? If more than anything, this year and the loss of that idea of what WrestleMania is as an event and as an experience has made me want to go just for the experience of saying I've been there, uh, even if I'm not overly you know, happy about probably having to spend eight hours on my feet. But hey, I mean, I've been to WrestleMania 10, 20. I've been to like three. I'm tired of people saying, not you, Pete, because you you weren't there, right? (laughs) I'm just, no, I'm just saying, you you will not feel it. You think me being somebody like WrestleMania is something I feel like somebody should experience once in a lifetime, even if you're somebody who never watches wrestling, somebody like like who who watched it in the past and who kind of goes now because of tradition and, you know, my daughter loves it. Um, being that you don't feel that amount of hours, it goes by like this. You get what I'm saying? Especially, I feel as if, I, put on as many matches as you want for that day. You know, let everybody get a chance to shine, whether it's a battle royal, whether it's something else. I feel as if, if you only hear the journalists saying that, because right. they're there to enjoy the show. They're there for whatever their reasons to report back. But I've been to WrestleMania to people who never watch wrestling and everybody is like, you know, this is great. You know, this is something that you have, the pageantry has, you know, it's unmatched. Nice. Yeah. Pete, I can't wait till they start letting fans go. Cause you know, Tavia is always like, you know, she front and center, she at the front row. I'm, I've only been like close to front row for WrestleMania 20. But she's like, yeah. I think my best my best seating experience for a wrestling event uh, for a, a large scale wrestling event was NXT Takeover One in Brooklyn. I was there. I, I actually sat front row behind the commentary team, so you could actually you, there's actually moments on the WWE Network that you could see me. Yo, uh, I was behind there for WrestleMania 20. Yeah, um, and the funny thing was, it was very interesting. The first row was mostly empty. Yeah. Um, uh, they had Tamina, and uh, Tamina had to come out um, during the Sasha Bailey match because that's when they were doing the whole team bad angle, and they had her take my seat, and I had to move back a couple of seats. But it was literally me and Rick Rubin in the same row. That was it. Um, I, love it was like, I love Rick. I love him. I love him. It was like nobody else in, like for the first twelve seats. Yeah, one time. Um, and that was, and then every takeover since then, my seat has gotten progressively worse. Uh, <laughs> so it's, um, but I, you know, it's. I've been lucky. Uh, I've never, like I said, I've never gone to a WrestleMania uh, in my life. Um, but yeah, I think it will be something that I will have to do now. Yeah, we should all make a pact to make sure. We go together. Um, I have floor seats for WrestleMania 30. Um, I think we were maybe 12 rows from the front. Which so we Daniel Bryan and uh, Triple H and then Batista, Randy Orton. Um, Nola, Nola won. 
Nola, 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 Nola one. I only Nola went to three. I went to 10, 20, and the, other, the last one in the Nola world. Nola one's ambiance was better than Nola 2's ambiance because. So that was one that I was yes. thinking of going to because I was in, that was held during Easter week. I was actually on break. I remember that 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 WrestleMania week. Finally, I was in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was in North Carolina. It was on WrestleMania was on April eighth, which is my birthday, yeah. and I actually thought about driving from North Carolina down to New Orleans and experiencing WrestleMania week, and then coming. So actually, thirty one, I was going to do that. Thirty one, I was like, you know what? If my Easter break. Falls on the same break as WrestleMania. I'm going to Mania Week. But it was and early that year. Yeah, it, it just never, never lined up since then. WrestleMania 30, my hotel and their hotel. Now you see me. I work with celebrities all the time, so I never. I'm not one of those people who just like run up and be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." You know, always like keep it cool. I never ask for you know an autograph because it is like that's just not who I am. But um. That was the first time I had seen maybe 98% of the roster up close and personal having, you know, sitting at the same bars, sitting next to each other at restaurants and stuff. And that was actually the time. The only person that I really made an effort to meet at that time was Hulk Hogan. I know people feel a way about him. You know, it is what it is. But Hulk Hogan was the biggest was my mother's favorite, you know, and then growing up in the, as a child in the eighties, you know, I was a huge fan of Hulk Hogan and this was before the racial scandal. So let's get that clear. So that's why I was kind of taken aback because when I met him, he fully embraced me, gave me a huge hug and told me that he loved me and thanked me for my support. Yeah, That's what, and that's why I was very taken aback by everything afterwards. But that was the only person that ever made an effort to meet. I think, I think, I don't think um, I don't, I don't, get, I, don't, I don't agree with that sentiment. Like he's a racist. Yeah, well, you know, but you know, everybody feels how they feel. He said what he said. You know, I'm not here to, to talk about that. I'm just talking yeah, about my own. I met him. He was phenomenal when I met him. He was very sweet, very kind. And when I was meeting him, I wasn't even trying to meet him for me. There was a kid who was disabled who was sitting next to me. And he wanted Hulk to kind of sign his stuff. I feel you. I feel you. That happened. You know what I'm saying? And for me, making sure that happened, that autograph wasn't for me. I didn't get an autograph. It was for the kids. I think one of the biggest things that Tay said that I think 2020 um, has especially shown me, I mean, obviously uh, people that know, like I've worked in independent wrestling and worked with so many wrestlers and things like that. And one of the kind of like the unwritten rules that were always said is, hey, if you work in the business, you know, don't don't ask for pictures. Don't ask for this. Don't ask for that. Um, and I always, you know, I always knew like when it was okay. Like I, I'm not one of those people that like goes to the airport and waits for flights to land. And I hate that stuff. Right? Let me tell you, nothing scarier. I've been with celebrities who I've worked with during those times at airports, at hotels, at different things, and you have no idea how scary that that comes across. I can only imagine. Um, yeah, I saw it happen once to Tiki Barber. Um, I was walking, I was working in Midtown at the time. Uh, he was coming out of, he was in a restaurant and people were waiting for, for him at the window. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Um, but if one thing 2020 and a lot of the things that we've lost in this pandemic has kind of, you know, uh, given to me is like, you know what, when the, obviously in all appropriate times, I'm going to get as many pictures 
and as many memories with people as I can because we never know. Uh, and this year has taught, taught me that in a real big way. Uh, we never know when it's all going to be gone and when that person's going to be gone. Um, and to have that memory means, means, means a lot. Okay. I agree. I think the, uh, the biggest thing for me, it's not so much WrestleMania because I got to experience one and I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, my biggest experience that I want, I want to experience at NBA finals. I love wrestling. Love it to death. NBA is my fr- basketball is my first love. Um, and with basketball being my first love, Tay, I want you, you to take us into the number one moment of the year. So Sunday morning, January 26, 2020, we were rocked with the unfortunate news of learning that NBA legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, amongst seven other passengers on a chartered flight, passed away. Um, the reason why we picked this as number one is to not be exploitative of the unfortunate time, but to realize that Kobe's impact and Kobe's death affected us all as sports fans. It affected us as parents, some of us who are parents, and it affected us as people. Kobe approached the game, and from what we knew, because we didn't know him uh, personally, but he approached the game and approached everything with life with such an unrestricted passion. That Mamba mentality you know, carried so many people through tough times, good times, and in between. And that was something that I personally adopted as part of my, how I bring intensity into life and and, and my work. So just a little bit about, you know, Kobe's legacy. This is a man who played 20 years in the NBA. He was a, a Oscar winner, a sports Emmy winner, you know, NBA Finals winner, uh, NBA League MVP winner, you know, average over 20 points a game, five rings, and his most cherished role was that of a husband and a father. And unfortunately, he lost, you know, a daughter along with him uh, that day. And I feel as if that his death had shook not only the sports world, the world as us. It shook not only the sports world, but the world as we knew it. I felt like Kobe's death kind of ushered in so many different series of unfortunate events. And I feel as if when the Lakers won the championship later on that year, it was kind of not enough of a full circle moment because it'll never bring back Kobe, Gianna, and the other seven members. But Kobe was will always and forever be the king of L.A. And any other team that would have won that year, you know, it would not have felt as good. So last year. So with that being said, you know, our thoughts and our prayers have always and will always remain with Vanessa Bryant and the families of those who were lost that day. And there is a quote that I'm paraphrasing. It was made from uh, Foyador Dostoevsky, and it called and it says, although the life of a righteous man departs this world, the light he leaves will forever remain. So from us at the Your Sports Show, even though it's been almost a year, you know, we still realize the impact and the importance of Kobe Bryant. You're muted. I couldn't yeah. have said it better myself at all. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's crazy um, how that day played out. It was, it was Royal Rumble that day, right? Yeah, it was Royal Rumble. 
I was getting my daughter ready to she was going on a camping trip for her school and I was mm-hmm. walking down the street and then I'm a person, I'm a I'm a media junkie. So my phone mm-hmm. is always like going, going, going. And I have a friend who was close to the situation who had told me almost immediately. And the first thing that I thought was, you know, I really hope that his wife knew before the public did. Yeah. That that's one of the biggest things with with, with the media and, and, and death nowadays to where it's out sometimes before the family knows. And it it it's crazy. Like it, it it's it's so crazy that um that it's like that. Um it's still hard to believe that it happened, yeah. right? Like right. you think about like it, it's still one of those things that it's like you you can't believe that it happened the, the way that he touched so many people and um you know i gotta give a lot of flowers to mark cuban um the one of the first things that he did um was he straight up said no one in on the mavericks will ever wear 24 ever again um and you know many many players um and a lot of kudos to the nba as well for allowing because there's a process to change your jersey number and um, for the NBA to allow for so many players who were wearing 24 uh, to change their numbers um, the way that they did without having to go through the process. Um, the memorial in February that was done for, uh, for Kobe and Gianna uh, and the rest of the victims. And, and I had not seen an outpouring of love like this since Michael Jackson passed away, right? And when and when Michael Jackson passed away, I was working in Midtown when it happened. Um, And then you know it was it was almost eerily similar the way that you saw the memorials pop up. Um, And this was almost on the level of of a Princess Diana. And when we talk about like in the world of basketball, like that's what Kobe was. Kobe was royalty in the world of basketball. Um, and you know, the, one of the biggest things that I remember coming out of his death was the way that everyone spoke about the moves he wanted to make after basketball and how comfortable and happy he was being a father, uh, being a husband and, and trying to make those business moves after basketball. And, you know, it'll be something that we as sports fans and, and just as fans in general will always live with is what what Kobe's legacy could have continued to have been um, had this tragic day not happened. Uh, it's great that you, um, I bring up that day and I think like, yo, I was in New York. I think we just filmed the episode of your like the night before. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was at Lawrence house when we found out the news. And um, that day was supposed to be something totally different. I was, I was more on a, on a crazy energy that day. Like it, I was going there because you know personal issues, had legends going on for for Roy Rumble. So it's like when we got the news, that kind of just shook up everything, right? Um, I grew up. Granted, I'm a Knicks fan. I was a Knicks fan back then, and um, like my West, I always reserved to have that West Coast scene always be the Lakers because I was a Glenn Rice fan. And then I became, I gradually became like a Kobe Bryant fan, right? So the Lakers was always my West Coast team. So I was always in support of, 
of, of Kobe. And um, a lot of the arguments that I had in this thing called the lunchroom back, back then, like my high school, my junior high school years, was me, you know, because the Knicks wasn't really nothing to talk about at the time, like, so I was just reserved as a Lakers fan. But I would always argue on Kobe's behalf because I was such a big Kobe fan. Granted, I loved Iverson more than I loved Kobe, but I always had that, that, that respect for Kobe Bryant, even in the battles when we would talk about Tracy McGrady being better than Kobe, which I never agreed with. But it just, that day, I had that energy. Like, I was I was ready for the smoke, and then it was just like, Kobe died. So that threw everything out. And it was just like, wow. That was my childhood. You know, like, we talk about, um, mom- like, earlier we talked about moments with Undertaker. And, you know, granted, he was my childhood also. But I think about the alley to, to Shaq for them to get to the finals against Portland. I think about the game when the shot where they ripped Steve Nash and from the inbound and, 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 and you know, them going into overtime to, to secure that first round win against Phoenix. I think about stuff like that. I think about that Orlando series. I think about the series with Boston. I think about the 81 points with Toronto, his last game ever. And we know there was history being made on the other channel with, with Golden State, you know, beating the Chicago Bulls record of going, you know, 73 games to nine. And I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and, and hold y'all. Like Kobe was every facet of my basketball game. Like the the will to win, the, the, the aggressiveness on, on defense, the half to score, even when you're the point guard, you know, even if you're you're controlling the game, the tempo of the game, the mentality, everything I got from Kobe. It was just like to see that part of your childhood like pass that way. I am proud to this day, in 2021, to have said that I was a Kobe Bryant fan and to say that I am a girl dad also. I have two little beautiful baby girls who I instill in them that they can be anything that they want to be, even though I'm praying that it's either basketball or wrestling. <laughs> not not a doctor, not a lawyer, not the first coach, not like not the first woman to play in the Super Bowl, not the first woman to play in the NBA Finals. If they do that, if they accomplish that, I'm cool with it. I support it. I am a girl. Not, the, not the person that finds a cure for cancer. Look, look, all that's cool. I was supporting it. My whole point is still is I am a girl dad. I will support my babies in anything that they embark on. Yeah, I would want wrestling or basketball because that that's just closing my my you know my aspirations as me. But whatever they they want to embark on, I'm going to fully support them as their father. And I wish I could only be half the man and half the father that Kobe Bryant was to his kids. Um, we um to kind of like put a bow on the episode. Um, just read off a few names, right? 
that that passed this year from sports and and uh, sports in general. David Stern, uh, Kobe Bryant, Soul Man Rocky Johnson, oh, man. Fred Curly Neal, Al Kaline, uh, Tony Fernandez, Don Shula, um, Jerry Sloan, Pat Dye, um, John Thompson, um, Chad Gaspar. Oh, that, that uh, was another one. Uh, Hannah Kamara. Um, uh, it, it's it was so many. Um, Pat Howard Howard Finkel, Pat Patterson, uh, Kamala. Um, the Warrior Animal. John the Warrior Animal. John Laurinaitis. Um, Joe Laurinaitis. Joe Laurinaitis. Yeah, not John, no. Right. Um, and most recently, Brody Lee. Um, most of these names, there's so many names I, I, I didn't get to, not just sports and um, just in general. We lost a lot of people in the sports world this year. But the most important thing I want people to remember, don't remember how they passed, why they passed, like the the the, the circumstances of why they passed or how they passed. Remember the memories that they gave us while they were here and always do your best as an historian, not just us, but as sports fans to keep their legacy going, to, to continue to push their legacy going. Um these people were great people. They were, and you always got to remember. That's why I always say this, you're a sports show. I always hashtag is bigger than sports because it's always bigger than sports. Because these people outside of sports, they were husbands. Some of these people, husbands, wives, fathers, uncles, aunts, all of these. These people who passed away in sports were bigger than just sports themselves. And that's one thing I always want people to take with them. It's always bigger than sports. So as we open up 2021, um, guys, I'm looking forward to everything that we got that's going to happen this year with us. Like, we have so much. Uh, we got to keep the positive energy going. Got to keep the positive energy pushing. Um, COVID's not going to stop us from putting out heat for y'all. Right. At all. No, nothing's going to stop us from putting out heat for y'all. We ain't going to to, to kind of, you know, because mm-hmm. Brody is deaf, you know, I know him mm-hmm. a little bit as Luke Harper from um, yes. WWE, but let's not forget that this just happened, and just the class act of the man that he was, um, mm-hmm. a class father, a class husband, you know, and how you see how some of these, not only the wrestlers that he shared a locker room with, but how the promotions are giving this man his flowers you know, as a man and not just as a performer, you know, how strong his wife stood. I never watched AEW and I watched on Wednesday and the grace and the poise that his wife showed is something that needs to be marveled and people should do all they can to hold her, send all the prayers to her and her children as they go through these stages of grief 
but she showed so much grace that I I cannot even fathom being able to show. It was the highest, the highest rated, I believe, the highest rated wrestling show um, this year. Um, was the, the tribute show? Um, there's just no words. I mean, I've, I've seen clips of the man um, on the indie scene from when he worked up here in New York, when he was working for Chikara and um, for all these different promotions and being a Rochester guy, being up north. Um, you know, when I was in college up at Syracuse, you know, we would, I would see things from like 2CW and, and places that were up there. Um, and when he came to the WWE, it was just like, this guy's going to be, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be real good. Um, you know, and, you know, he was really starting to hit his stride. I mean, people, people don't realize, you know, your 30s, your 40s can sometimes be, and for a lot of guys, are their primes in professional yeah. wrestling. Um, well, any, any other Yeah, and, and, and so I think what he was, what he could have been doing, or what he might have done in AEW would have been incredible. Um, you know, the poise that his wife, and I want to give a lot of flowers to his son, um, Brody oh, yeah. Jr., and the way that he's kind of handled this because he is old enough to kind of understand what's happening, um, unlike his youngest son. Uh, his, his Brody Jr. Is, is, is kind of at that age where he's old enough to understand what is happening around him. But the way that the – and, you know, say what anybody wants to say about AEW as a promotion, wrestling, whatever. The way that company and those individuals have banded around that family and banded around his That's son. That's the right thing to do. It's not only right, but it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of respect to Tony Khan and everybody over there who signed his son to a contract as a way for them to be able to extra take care of that family. Um, you know, to be able to keep them in that in that in that in that fold. Um, you know, whether or not Brody Lee Jr. ever gets involved in professional wrestling, or you know, but uh, as a way contractually for them to be able to take care of his family uh, and his legacy. Um, and may people may have missed this, but um, Tony Khan uh, tweeted that he bought the rights uh, to that Tom Waits song that they used in the tribute so that they could use that uh, in, in, in uh, perpetuity to honor uh, Brody Lee. And there was also a lot of chatter about why WWE didn't do a more extensive tribute on Monday. And, you know, some of you fans, you guys focus on the wrong things. You know, it will be the complaint that if they did something extensive, that they didn't give AEW a chance to, to do the right thing. So this was a moment where both promotions were able to kind of respect each other, respect the families, and respect the memory people in the locker room. Because the thing is, people critique all the time, but until you, like, lace up a pair of boots. You never know what it's like to be a comrade in arms. And these people, they lost someone who they looked up to, who they loved from any promotion. And um, that's the time when you got to put your smart mark hat, you know, up. Oh, I was going to say something really messed up. Um, that's when you put your smart mark hat away and put your humanity cap. And Tavia, you know this having worked in fields with celebrities and different companies and things like that. The fact that WWE allowed AEW to be able to use images 
of their stars, of their wrestlers, uh, of, of men and women in their promotion, in their tribute to AEW, to me, trumped everything. The fact yeah. that you, that they, they, you know, many people talk about the fact that WWE doesn't like to play well with others. Like, this was a moment where that went all out the window. And WWE gave AEW that ability to be able to do that and be able to, and it helped in, in, in their own way. The WWE helped AEW put together that tribute show as greatly as they did. Um, you know, and, you know, it, it was, it was a great moment. And what Tavia said is right. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of fans need to stop looking at this as them versus them. This was a moment where it was like the WWE allowed for a man to be honored by the promotion that he worked for and allowed their wrestlers to be shown on another promotions television show and allowed for their wrestlers to openly over the course of all three television, four television episodes they did this week to openly honor that man um, on, on their, on their air. And it was an incredible, it was an incredible job by WWE. It was an even more incredible job by AEW. Close it out, Matt. Um, April, was it? April, 7, April 7, 2019. Um, holds water with me. Um, I saw Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship for the first time. Um, and I remember that emotion, and I remember that day very well. It was also the last conversation that I had with Shad Gaspar. Um, I want to take this time and say, Sleep in Paradise King, I appreciate everything that you've done. I, I appreciate every advice that you've given me, which was on that last day, because he, he said he's vocally a fan of the Jabba Tears and everything that we, we do as a whole, and for this community as a wrestling as a wrestling community, I, I we will keep going in that name because of everything you have stood. Um, I want to also say rest in peace to the Black Panther. Um, we lost him also this year, and um, you've given hope to our community more than you could ever imagine to see a Black hero in 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 do all the things that you've done and, and, and set the code that you have set. It, it's truly remarkable. And I just hope we make you proud as a community for what you've done. Um, I want to say Sleep in Paradise to Pop Smoke. Um, he came from my neighborhood. He's one of the young, the young ones from, you know, from that neighborhood. And, and everything that he's done for Canarsie, I, 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 I salute you, King. And everything that you've done, every every belief and hope that you set into our children in that neighborhood, you, you have no idea what you have done in your short, you know, life span on this earth. We salute you. We love you. I want to say rest in peace to my mom, who I also lost this year. Um, I just hope that I can be the man that that you believe that I am and the father that you believe that I am and the husband. I just hope that I can in tune make you proud 
of what I've become. And that's all I got to say. So, for the queen, Queen Tay, for the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado, for BK Matt, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.